0: Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate.
1: Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Ira Meltzer. Ira is often called the lender to the stars and he and his team have funded more than $4 billion in luxury and ultra luxury residential financing. As a result, he is unsurpassed in knowing how to maximize wealth and benefits for borrowers seeking to finance more than $1 million. Previously named top mortgage professional by Top Agent Magazine and recognized as the top lending advisor by Colwell Banker Mortgage for two consecutive years, Meltzer sought to reinvest the home financing business when he founded $1 million plus in 2016. With his years of experience and deep understanding of the complexities that exist within the financial portfolios of high net worth individuals, Meltzer leverages preparation, strategy, and superior access to help clients protect and add to their wealth. He has a history in facilitating jumbo and mega jumbo mortgages throughout the nation and is unparalleled in that faction. Meltzer and his team of experts work for borrowers, not lenders, working with a diverse pool of top-tier clients. He has developed a system that creates wealth and leverages qualified borrowers' earned ability to borrow at the market's lowest rates with the least hassle. Ira, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. That was a great introduction. I thank you so much.
1: Well, heck yeah, you have a heck of a history. Um, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. One of the things I'd like to jump into right away with guests is, Tell us about where you came from. What led you to where you're at now? And it could be even, sometimes I like to hear about, and the audience does too, about, did you come from an entrepreneurial background? Was your family a series of entrepreneurs? Or maybe not, and that's what fueled it.
0: Great. Yeah, I came from uh, the top of a bunk bed in a kitchen in Brooklyn, New York is where I started. (laughs) But really what happened was in uh, 1985, I, I really started in the mortgage business as part of of leaving a self-destructive lifestyle that involved Hmm. drugs and alcohol. And I've actually devoted myself to recovery for the last 36 years. And I really credit that totally with whatever success I've been enjoying all these years and encourage anyone listening who's ever had some serious uh, challenges to remember that you can always start over and, uh, and if you do things with integrity and honesty, rigorous honesty, the sky's the limit. And life can be so much fun and we can have such a great time being of service. And I was fortunate because Coldwell Banker introduced me immediately into the uh, Ventura Boulevard offices they had to work with their realtors and provide financing and I quickly started working with entertainers and my one of my first one of the the first two million dollar loan anyone saw back in 1986 (laughs) I was I did with uh, George C. Scott who won the academy award uh, best actor uh, and was nominated many times Uh, and from that I started working in tv studios with the stars of tv shows and producers and many of whom had architecturally significant properties and and as such, it's gotten larger and larger. When we did $2 million financing, it was considered humongous. And um, last night, Bloomberg just pointed out that uh, my super-sized financing of a home in Beverly Hills that just funded at $82.7 million was the largest residential financing probably in American history.
1: That is, that is amazing news. Fantastic. Uh, so you are a trendsetter. When it comes or maybe not a trendsetter, but a, a marker of where on, the, on those very large loans um, for folks, and what kind of attention when you get that kind of attention? Does it just breed more of that kind of intention? And then you just keep building on that and, and, and you know, amassing more more clientele like you are? Great question. You know, my financing has been
0: primarily for, for the billions of dollars of luxury, ultra luxury financing, residential financing I've done, has been primarily former clients who continue to buy homes and referrals from those clients. And uh, and what happens is, you know, when you do this right, uh, the market continually changes. And I, and I can't make this point strong enough. The biggest mistake most people make is they go directly to a bank or a mortgage broker for a mortgage. And all these people work only for the bank. They're there for the bank's Mm. profit and their commission. We are the only group in America that works exclusively for the clients. We do not get paid $1. We don't take one cent from any bank lender or mortgage broker uh, organization. We only work for the client. So that allows me to seek this opportunity to find where do I get the best rates and best terms for this unique financial picture, this individual. And of course, every time I bring these clients to these banks and primarily to private banks, uh, which I'm the only one I know with that deals with private banks like this. Then they are very receptive for those relationships and very receptive to my future clients, since the doors are open and they have they begin a great relationship with
1: my clients. That's beautiful. Uh, I would I work with a very similar financier, not at your level, but for when we do real estate investing, um, it's the same. It's the same thing. We're, we're going with we're not going over to Wells Fargo. Yeah, it's a whole <laughs> diff- it's a whole different relationship. So I would not
0: not not to put Wells Fargo or any individual bank down, but, you know, these are retail banks and they're out to make a profit. And when I and they're out for when it comes to a mortgage, they're doing a transaction. What I do is develop relationships. My clients are creating relationships in the private banks and therefore uh, the private banks are uh, amenable to to almost give away the mortgage these low risk high value clients in order to get a relationship on the depository side with my clients mm-hmm. so that is the secret sauce that's different from all other mortgage operations i'd say
1: yeah but but so important of a, of a differentiator compared to those other lenders i agree and, and again yeah not, not not to crap on you know all the, re, the retail bankers and everything i think we're just making a, a factual point. Um, one of the, so you, you talk about clients and relationships, and uh, as an architect, uh, developer as well, builder, that we're always, especially if you're tr- if you're trying to um, keep expanding, and, and obviously you know when you, when you when you're hired by by very wealthy people, sometimes very high profile, that that is what a lot of us are after in this industry, um, are, are getting those kind of relationships established, and then hopefully building on top of them. Do you have any tips and tricks that you could maybe give to other folks in our industry, such as myself? Architects, uh, financiers like yourself, um, what is it like to work with those types of clients that also have a high profile? Um, I'm sure there's some non-disclosure stuff that happens, but it, it, what w- what are some tips and tricks you could you could give to us about how do how do we get to that? How do we find those people? How can we put ourselves in the position of finding those people, and then and then treat them the best that we possibly can, and and then continue on to the future.
0: Yeah, I I would say the the wording I would use is uh, we build on success. We funded billions of dollars of mortgages because we're successful. We get results um, above and beyond their expectations. And fortunately, because of that, we've been able to work with uh, um, properties that are the top architects, by the way, in Mm. the country. This one right now that we're talking about at 82.7 million is a Richard Landry uh, architect uh, property. I've worked with uh, John Lautner properties. I've worked, even now I'm working with a Robert Farquhar property, who was a very famous uh, uh, previous uh, architect in the 1920s, who built a mansion that is just an amazing mansion in Los Angeles that I'm fortunate enough to be providing finance.
1: Yeah. Uh, how about if if somebody's trying to break in to that clientele and they're just starting out, you know, these higher profile, high, higher net worth, do you have any recommendations? Is it just pounding the pavement? Um, you know, how can they start putting themselves in front of these folks to earn their business?
0: Right. I try to help people coming up the ladder in the mortgage industry, for example. I've got one gentleman who called me this morning from Florida that he was ready to quit at one point and that I helped it inspire him. And I really I humbly appreciate that. And what I suggested back then was that he was getting a taste of some million dollar transactions or $800,000 uh, mortgage transactions to, to pursue that with uh, the sense that the primary purpose is to be a benefit and service to this client. That, that has to be the foremost thing that you think of, and that in doing that and in working with the, those people, you know, you can ask for referrals. You can ask for more referrals from the realtors if your results leaves everybody happy. I just did a, a transaction for one of the owners of the Chicago White Sox baseball teams, and he's buying a new, he bought another home in Montecito, California, and. I got him an interest rate of 1.875% on a 10-1 interest-only loan for more money than he originally had asked for, and he was ecstatic. I mean, people send us gifts, but people will refer us. Other businesses, you know, that's the greatest compliment you mm-hmm. can get is a referral, but you really need to make sure they're happy, and they're going to be happy if they come first. If And we truly mean that. we tr- Sincerely... Are devoted and that's why we don't take money from any banks because it's a it's a conflict to take money from a lender and and sir and how could you be in a fiduciary relationship with a client which i am if you're thinking of what the bank's going to make on a loan or what they're pushing which may not be the best in any way for the client if you work for a bank
1: yeah Let's flip the script and go the opposite way. So tell, tell us about maybe some of the uh, uh, celebrity and high net worth clients that you have across the country, not to name names, but like tips for them when they are looking to buy a new piece of property. And it is at these higher levels.
0: Yeah. The, you know, I had a, a dear friend who was a Marine Sergeant. And I always love what he said. Proper Preparation prevents piss-poor performance, you know? It's not just getting someone to write you a pre-qual letter that's BS. Mm -hmm. What we have to do is really get your financials up front, and that allows me to really see what you're going to be able to qualify for, what is in your best interest when we have a discussion about this, and before you ever make an offer on a property, to be able to be really fully qualified, and of course, I have a totally different system. So my clients within 48 hours have an actual loan and term commitment. They don't have to wait till the end with the mystery. Is is my loan going to get approved? You know, uh, even if they're pre-approved and have conditional approval, it's meaningless from a regular mortgage company, you know, whereas working as we do with the private banks and with the full financial picture to begin with, We have such a latitude of approving people, and we know which bank is the correct bank that, that that will gel with a specific client. And that's important. But we're in a very competitive cash market right now mm-hmm. where the sellers are getting multiple offers. It's not unusual, for example, in Orange County, California, right now, for a multi-million dollar offer to come in and there's multiple offers on that same property. So Theoretically, if you're offering financing and have contingencies, you're really looks like you'd be in trouble competing against cash. But if we use that strategy of having you fully approved, financially approved by a financial institution before you start out, then you don't need the contingencies. All we have to do is have an appraisal to make sure what you're buying has the value that you're going to be paying for it. And, uh, and we can close loans very quickly and you can come in just like a cash buyer comes in instead of, you know, uh, having the tension and stress of having to get an approval after you've got an offer in.
1: Yeah. Can you tell us? So I was just talking with my business partner. We, we were recording our other episode uh, right, right before yours. And um, one of the things I was mentioning was, so my wife is a realtor and she's seeing, uh, I, I gave him a pop quiz about, you know, what kind of, where, where are the bidding wars, if you had to guess, where are the bidding wars coming out? Are they coming out mostly in between, and just for example, five hundred dollars to $750,000 properties, 750 dollars to $1 million properties or $1 million plus. And it's $1 million plus. So the, these, that's where we're seeing. Can you give us an example of what you're seeing on the ground there in California, maybe of one of the most recent bidding wars and, and the kind of the, the, and where you are seeing what categories you are seeing the most bidding wars in?
0: Right. Well, the, the hottest areas right now, Orange County, Beverly Hills, and then Malibu uh, that I've ex- am experiencing in Southern California uh, to, to see this happening. And uh, as I say, Preparation makes a big difference, uh, but also really being able to to know what it is you want and have some patience in getting it is extremely important. You really need. There's a lot of there's a lot of secrets about this. One of the things we often see is that a listing agent, of course, is is going to try to get both sides of a transaction in order to make double the commission. On, on a purchase and sale. So that, you know, whether even though s- some of that activity could border on being illegal, if they're pushing away a- better offers in order to get both sides of a transaction, mm-hmm. you know, we see it done. So if a client doesn't have a loyalty yet to a realtor, obviously it's better to make an offer through the listing agent as, as one of the cues of, um, of being closer in on
1: what it, what it's going to take to get. Yeah. What does, uh <clears throat> pull back a little bit here. One other thing too, I'd like to ping you about. I always like to ping Californians. I'm in the middle of the country. So I'm seeing people coming from California. I, I just had a gentleman sell his property out, out there, Southern California, $2 million, bought a $1 million piece of property. He is in the black. Um, in this transaction 100%. He is sitting very pretty. Uh, are you? What are you seeing on the ground in terms of exodus or influx? Like, what's what's the reality of the situation in California? Are more people moving out than moving in? Or is it not applied to kind of the folks that you're working with?
0: Yeah, I don't think we would see a bidding war in these multi-million dollar properties, which is, you know, my realm, if people were leaving think that, that the, the competitive nature is there's still many more people wanting to buy these properties and there are other properties being put up for sale. So I, you'd have to say there seems to be a great desire uh, to either move up or, or new people moving in to California. I do happen to get a lot of clients from out of the state. And then I also get a lot of clients in California. I do a home for them in Aspen, a home for them mm-hmm. in Maui, a home for them in New York maybe Florida. So I do, I do see my clients tend to buy certainly more than one home to begin with. And, and, uh, and they, you know, may change States for tax purposes, you know, in terms of residency and avoiding California's taxes, but they'll always have a home and they still have a home in California. Uh, they just may spend less time here.
1: Yeah. Um, I know you have a system for your, when you're representing the buyer side, um, do you have a system for what you're looking for with the listing agent or the selling side of things? So if, if, if you're tackling this problem of not know, of shortening the period of time in which your buyers are able to know within 48 hours, it sounds like, whether they're qualified, they're going to they're gonna get this deal done. What do you, what kind of strategies are you trying to massage and help with the selling side of things to make sure that they don't fall through for you guys?
0: Well, you know, the, the interesting part with my clients, when I learned Jersey Scott being the first, (laughs) one of the first wealthy clients I dealt with. And again, I live in the Palm Springs area. So I was fortunate when I moved here from Los Angeles in in 1989, uh, we had people had second homes here, like Bill Gates, father and Bill Gates and. Lee Iacocca of Chrysler and many other people like this. And I would never have been able to talk to them if I was trying to reach them at their office. But here I can I was able to talk to them all the time. And what I find is that in some cases today, the difference is I counsel some people to close with cash. If it's that competitive a situation to make sure they get the transaction because they don't need the money. It's just they're going to make a lot more money if they finance the property. I call it the mathematics of financing can make you at least $400,000 per million more Hmm. in the investment side of a property or a residential property than if you bought it for cash and let your money sit there. So a lot of my clients, I counsel to buy it for cash. And we call it a technical refi where we start the loan before they've even closed on it but we don't close the loan until after Mm they purchased it and then give them back their money so that they don't even have to deal with any of the financing issues as part of the transaction. If it's that competitive a market or it's that short a deadline to be able to reach the the seller's needs. But sometimes uh, people really insist on financing and the sellers accept it. And sometimes it's hard for some people to get all their financial data together. So, We often ask, have them ask the seller for an extension, and they sometimes give the seller. To answer your question, they sometimes give the seller some incentive Mm -hmm. or some early pass through of their deposit or something, so that the seller knows in good faith that they are going to close the transaction. They just need another few days or a week, perhaps, to make sure that uh, they have everything in.
1: Sure. Yeah, Uh, that kind of touches on the one. One of the notes I have here is about the complexity. I'm sure there's. When, when you're a high net worth individual, the, the, way, the way your net worth is, is it's much different than I just have, you know, a million dollars in the bank. I have all of these assets. Talk about some of those complexities that, that you see within the financial portfolios of, of your high net worth individuals and, and, and what they should be, how they should be consolidating that so they can fit into your system where you <coughs> can get them qualified that quickly. And most of my clients
0: would not qualify like with tax returns, like mm-hmm. you do debt to income ratios on a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan, where you gotta have 43%. Remember, of your of your income to qualify and all these debts. My clients have tremendous discretionary income, which is which is the factor that's most important in determining ability to repay on a mortgage. So <laughs> excuse me. So what we do is we analyze assets and cash flow to determine their qualifications. We have clients that can have as many as 36 different companies, mm-hmm. LLCs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, so it's, it can be extremely complex. So what we try to do is re- keep it simple and reduce it and just use a method of qualifying them for the lowest interest rate and the largest loan without getting caught up in all the complexities of their financial picture.
1: Yeah. Um, What should our listeners know about, you know, we, we've touched on it a little bit here about the, you know, so you're doing jumbo and mega jumbo mortgages all over the place throughout the nation. What, what should our listeners know if they are approaching this level of getting one of those kind of mortgages?
0: Right. Our minimum mortgage is $1 million. I don't do mortgages below that number. Mm -hmm. And I would tell anyone, if you have a client, you know, everybody runs out with these prequal letters uh, is many of them could be bogus, you know, just to present something with the real, to to keep the realtor happy with the offer is, you know, you really want to look into what institution is behind the offer to finance. Mm -hmm. And if you're really diligent as a realtor or seller, you may actually want to have a conversation with somebody at that institution regarding this borrower before you go forward, you know, so you know that you really know specifically the details of their qualifying for the amount of the mortgage or a financing they're going to be doing and not just rely on on pieces of paper being passed or electronic. Letters of approval, but actually have communication with somebody at the institution who's mm-hmm. doing financing.
1: Yeah, I think but I would it. recommend. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. I, I, I would, I would second that a piece of advice. Absolutely, hundred percent especially when you're dealing with these, like you said, you, you know, your, your projects that you're financing minimum million dollars. So, you know, it's
0: funny because lenders will say buyers are liars, right? That's one of the sayings <laughs> yeah. and buyers will say lenders are liars. Mm-hmm. So if you're involved in a transaction, there's nothing like rigorous honesty. So if you really are rigorously honest, like we are, there's no objection to the communication really being transparent. So that everybody's protected, that they have the facts of uh, the financial facts uh, of any transaction.
1: Yeah, tell us about some of the projects you're working on right now.
0: Well, the most exciting one that I'm working on, f- from my perspective, it was this one built in 1923 by Robert Farquhar, because it was owned in Los Angeles by the wealthiest family of Los, the, of the early Los Angeles days. And when they built this incredible mansion in Silver Lake, uh, they lived in it for some time and it has interesting stories and some tragic nature to it. But the woman passed away, donated the the property to the Catholic church. And then it became a convent for a number of years. And then after it was a convent, it laid barren for 11 Mm -hmm. years until a brilliant artist, architect, designer named Dana Hollister uh, procured this property and she has turned this thing into like a classic Hollywood artwork of the 1920s of early glamorous Hollywood. We, we just came from the property and we're doing the financing to rebuild this further and build it out. A lot of movies and videos are filmed there. Uh, it also has rooms for resorts. It's used for weddings and events for corporate events. So the potential of this property is really fascinating and it's history as well as its history. And so, and the numbers involved the 30 to $50 million worth of financing for this resident because right now it's really a single family residence. So it's really a unique prop. But we have many, I'm working with many movie stars. I have an Academy Award winning actor right now who's buying a home in Manhattan Beach. I'm doing his financing. It involves $9 million. Uh, I'm doing uh, loans for a lot of other producers and celebrities and and just wealthy business people, some of whom are iconic business names and things like that. And we just have fun with each one of these properties. And of course, with each person, they're so sophisticated and have unique uh, financial attributes that it's always fun to deal with. Oh, it's got to be exciting!
1: You you you, you deal, probably deal with some of the most interesting people in the world, hundred percent. So what what a, what a cool line of work that you've you've folded yourself into and have been very successful at. Um, I would love to be a fly on the wall in some of these conversations. I'm sure our listeners would. Oh, too. the
0: George G. Scott one was was one of the most amazing because I always say yeah. that the probably eighty percent of my job because it sort of becomes so simple now to analyze the data and know exactly which is the best private bank for that client is that I spend most of my time, I think, as a psychologist, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm half the time I'm talking people off the ledge because they're used to getting things a certain way. And, you know, with every situation things happen and you have to talk people down and relax them and, and get them to stay right in the transaction and stay focused that this is going to happen. It's going to close. Everything's okay. And there's so much to it. I mean, the George C. Scott transaction, I was like a marriage counselor as well between him and his wife, Trish Vanderveer. At the time, he was buying Wink Martindale's home in Malibu, which at that time was a huge sale. And like most of these people, they don't need financing. Mm-hmm. So that gets me in. And, and as I told George, and as I learned early in my career, done right and confidentially, I know more about these celebrities and movie stars than anyone else in the world Mm -hmm. because i have everything their lawyer has i have everything their accountant has i have their whole credit history and all the character issues and and everything that's ever gone on in their life from a credit standpoint but really i know more than their spouses i know more than their business managers i know more than their accountants and i know more than their lawyers because i have it all in one just to accomplish the financing of their real estate the way they want it done, that's in the best interest of the client to to get the results and benefit them. So that's the fun part of my job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Beyond beyond your, you know, day-to-day and what you do, tell us how you're giving back to the community. What kind of uh, endeavors are you tackling there?
0: I I don't want to talk too much about that because, you know, one of the things I always kind of find strange when I see celebrities on uh, interview programs is talking about me, 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 you know. Yeah. But I would love to, to say from, it was a great question in the point of, of, of giving back. Yeah. It's an essential part. And as I said to you, my story was about recovery. So I try to reach out on a daily basis, personally and financially, to help people in areas of recovering their lives and making the transformations often necessary for people to go from a self-destructive lifestyle into one of uh, what I call a lifestyle benefit. I happen not to be religious, uh, but I have a very God, you know, as it says in our dollar bill, in God we trust, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is very much the basis of it. In fact, I've worked for some of the biggest names in the mortgage industry uh, over the years. And every time they hire me, because I make a lot of money when I was working as a mortgage loan originator or a private mortgage banker for the institutions, when they would hire me, I'd have this conversation with them where I would say, I need five minutes of your time. To tell you how i work for god and it sort of sounded like a hebrew national commercial that i work for a higher authority yeah and that as long as the bank kept its word and its integrity and treated people the way people should be treated i want to go out and be as successful and helpful to them and make as much money for the bank as i can but if i find the institution is that is not living up to that integrity i'm out the door and they would sort of nod their heads and say, okay, you know, he makes us a lot of money. Let's just let him do his two-minute rant. Mm-hmm. And then later on, they would often find they would do something. Remember, I worked at every major bank as a private bank, a private mortgage bank uh, from Countrywide, B of A, Wells Fargo, Citibank, you name it. So there have been moments with those institutions where I had to say bye-bye. Hmm. Even though they're, you know, a countrywide might be paying me a million dollars a year. And I'd mm-hmm. say to Angela Mazzillo, who I work for, I'm out of here. This is wrong. What's going on here is wrong. And then we would either resolve a problem and situation and get back to having integrity or I'm out the door, you know, because I rely on God. And I'm always though there's another door open if this door closes,
1: you know. I, I wish there were more folks like you. That had that kind of backbone.
0: But look at this. I'm the only one who does what I'm doing. You know, everybody's competing for performing loans that are low margin. You know, there's still wonderful income for loan officers, but it's incredibly stressful, hard work and competitive. I have migrated. Into the least competitive area in the mortgage business I've ever found, which is doing the mo- because you need a certain set of skills. It's taken me 35 years. Yeah, but I never would have gotten here if I was looking for where's my short term money making gain, or how do I take advantage of this person or this instant. You know, if I had that kind of outlook, I can't see how this would have happened. But instead, doors keep opening.
1: Well, <laughs> you followed God and look where He put you. Right in exactly every yeah. day yeah i'd really love that uh, one last question i'd like to ask everybody ira is uh, knowing what you know now and if you could go back in time when you first started your company what is one piece of advice you would give your former self
0: i wouldn't have hesitated 10 years earlier to do this when the crash happened in 2008 you asked about charity i spent a year Working at the Midnight Mission in Skid Row, Los Angeles, as a Mm -hmm. volunteer. And that was great. And I tried to do a training program for men coming out of a year of recovery in Skid Row. And then I went in to try to help people save their homes through mortgage modification. There were a lot of scam artists there, but I spent a lot of my money that I had made previously doing that. And I just, and, and I went on too long doing that, I think. And I really wish that I had taken this vision that I had of working for the client and not working for a bank and started then. But instead, after I went in 2011, I went back to work for banks. And that was a mistake until 2016 because I'd bring in millions of dollars of mortgages and the banks couldn't close them or, or often didn't treat people right. And I'd leave one institution to go to another one who would pay me well, but it wasn't the money it was the lack of satisfaction of serving and being a benefit to other people until i said this is enough of this in 2016 so i wish i had started it much earlier
1: i've heard i've heard a similar answer to that so many times when i asked that question to people so i just hope the listeners are finally getting it that the time is now it's not you just get after it, get going and, and, and take a dive in um, because you're just, you're wasting time. Time is very precious on the planet. Um, thank you for that answer, Ira. Uh, where where can people find and follow you if they're interested in in getting involved with you and, and, and working with you? Thank you,
0: Lance. $1 million plus. We have a website. Just spell it out. one million Uh I have a phone number of course, which is on the website. Instead of trying to, Stay it here, um, and, um, or you can just Google me. And you know, I'm always directly available on my cell phone. One of the things I, I pride myself on is trying to respond immediately to every phone call I receive, every legitimate, not solicitors, you know, or robo calls from India, <laughs> but every client or potential client or anyone I can help, I don't care if your loan's 400,000, if you need some help and advice, you know, I know the players who are the best people, even if I'm not going to, you know, directly uh, receive any compensation, which is fine. You know, I'm happy to help everybody who's listening here. Uh, if you have questions about where to get other types of mortgages.
1: Beautiful. And he's not joking. I actually just Googled uh, him regarding that Bloomberg article. It is the headline is so he, I was able to find him very quickly. Beverly Hills. Uh, Homeowner scores $83 million loan uh, to expand mansion. So I I was available. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, This was a fantastic interview. And just God bless.
0: No, you too, Lance. You know, God knows our business. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Bless you. Thanks, bud. Bye bye.